0: you're listening to the weekly sermon podcast from Ridgecrest Baptist Church in Springfield, Missouri. To connect with us or learn more, visit us online at ridgecrestbaptist.org. It's awesome. Talk about getting to work. That's our, our subject matter in this series, and it is our passion as believers in Christ. God has called us to get back to work here in 2021 as life goes back to normal, whatever normal may mean anymore. But as we go back to work, we want to make sure that our work is working for others. And in fact, we're praying that as the people of God, we will have a spectacular witness for Christ. We, we don't want to do this Christian thing in some minor key. We want to do something major. We want to do something big for the Lord. And that's what I believe James is going to challenge us to do here today. So if... You have your copy of Scripture with you today. Will you stand with me as we stand upon the solid rock of God's Word? And we have a relatively short passage today, but it packs a punch. Let's listen to it. Let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation and the rich in his humiliation. Because like a flower of the grass, he will pass away. For the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the grass, its flower falls And its beauty perishes, so also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. Let's pray. Lord, these are sobering, powerful words, but words that can change our hearts today and redirect us in your direction. And so, God, we pray that whatever we're aiming for today, that uh, we'll, we'll change it if it's not aiming at you, aiming at our witness, aiming at your kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven. So, God, we pray that you'll touch us in a deep, deep way today, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you will, please be seated. We're praying that God will remove anything that's in your heart right now, keeping you from hearing the Word of God. Let me say this. If we are aiming for a spectacular witness, we must consider our perspective and our purpose. If you are a note taker, it's those two words that's going to serve as our anchors as we go through this text. We're going to talk about perspective and we're going to talk about purpose. Because if we are serious about seeing God do great things in our midst, we need to be intentional. We need to make sure that our perspective is God's perspective and that our purpose aligns with him. Now listen, when we think about each of us individually, we can talk about aiming for a spectacular witness in a corporate sense, but I want you to bring it home to your own life because before we can have a great witness in the corporate church-wide sense, each one of you need to have a spectacular witness in your own right. So what I'm asking you to do today is to consider who God created you to be individually and then ask, how are those gifts that God has given me, how are those elements of my life being invested in the kingdom? We all have different gifts. We all are made a little bit different. But I believe that when we are listening to the Lord, when we're letting the Holy Spirit guide us, what can happen is we can all have an equal shot at joy and fulfillment. Do you hear me? Joy and fulfillment is what God wants for all of his children. Every single one of you, regardless of your gifts, can experience the joy of the Lord and the fulfilling presence of the Spirit when you know you're right where you ought to be. There is no better feeling. Let me tell you, there is no better feeling than knowing that you are exactly in the center of God's will And I don't think that you just want your pastor in that place. I think all the people need to be in that place too, where you know you are exactly where God wants you to be so that you can impact the world. Listen to this. Those led by Christ aim to discover how each nudge from the Spirit a new opportunity for ministry moves us closer to God. I'm praying today that that's what will happen, that you will feel God bringing you closer to Him, that your witness in all that you do, all of your material blessings, all of your spiritual gifts moving in the direction of a spectacular witness for the Lord. So let's begin this journey together by first considering perspective. And that perspective, as you see here in verses 9 and 10, the first part of verse 10 anyway, is how does God view our finances? You'll find that in the book of James, it's incredibly practical and and simple in so many ways. And in this passage, the first thing that we are forced to consider is this concept of of rich and poor. You see that in verse 9. And what we need to realize is, is how natural it is for us when we start thinking about material things is to have a completely horizontal view of material things. So if we're going to talk about perspective many people in the world, all people in the world are going to have a basic horizontal understanding of finances and material blessings. That's by way of investments, by way of savings, by way of what we give our money to in terms of the charities we support. Those things are many times just horizontal considerations. But look there in verse 9. Something very interesting grabs our attention at the very beginning. Let the lowly brother exalt, exalt in, 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 in his lowliness. That's basically what it's saying. That's a, that's a powerful thought because in our day, in our time, There are people who are marginalized or disenfranchised. That's kind of the the language we hear when we're tuning into the news. There's always a concern about those who have maybe been victimized by the wealthy or put in a position of weakness because of that. But what's interesting here is is that this very lowliness for the poor person is something that that person can exalt in. This, this makes no sense if we only have a horizontal perspective. If all we're doing is thinking about our best lives now, as some have put it, if all we're thinking about is, is having progress and happiness in this world, then, then it's hard to justify this. But look back at verse 8 with me. Let's look to the text and let it guide us here. Verse 8 is key. It says or speaks of the one who is double minded, the double minded man, unstable in all his ways. Let me tell you what makes you unstable. You're unstable when your focus is too much on the horizontal plane, on material things. When we're not thinking about God and we're too much thinking about like bank accounts and jobs and material pleasures, that's when we get very, very, very off course. It's double-minded. As a Christian, this is always the temptation to spend too much time with the horizontal concerns as it relates to our resources, and thus we forget the vertical. Let me tell you what happens, and we can see this in a lost world today. When you don't have a vertical perspective on your resources, then it's very easy to become a victim, even when you're not. Now, I want to be careful here because I know in the world today there are people who are victimized, who are the least of these, and those are the ones we want to help. But many people are gravitating towards victimhood who have no business gravitating that way. The reason why they do that is because it's the only way that they can find purpose. Because in this world, whether you're rich or poor, you still want to to get attention. You want to be known. And so if you don't have a vertical perspective, many times it leads us to kind of look in the mirror every day and say, you know, I could be better, but poor me, so-and-so doesn't let me advance in this way, or, or the economy doesn't allow me to advance in that way. Always finding a reason, but never finding a solution. And I want to challenge you here today, Christian. I believe that God has something great for each one of us. And the longer we make excuses for why we aren't moving forward for Christ, is one day less for us to do something great for Christ. When our resources, whether we're poor or rich, become our focus, our relationship with God will inevitably suffer. Poor, uh, those who don't have material things often think of themselves as victims, but those who do have money often fall prey to vanity. And it's such a sad sight to see. But again, it all boils down to perspective. What are you doing with the resources that God has given you? What are you doing? Because in this world, God wants to use Ridgecrest Baptist Church, but you as an individual for something beautiful and profound. If we look here in verse 9, the lowly soul is called a brother. It's, it's, It's a believer here who can boast in his exaltation. It's not just talking about anybody that's poor. It's talking about somebody that doesn't have all the resources maybe that a rich person has, but they have the Lord. And what James is telling us is if you have the Lord in your heart, you are the richest of the rich. But the only way you're going to believe that is if you have a vertical perspective. Friends, what's most important to you? What is it that matters most? And if it's not Christ, we are in trouble. A quick survey of what's going on as James is writing this letter. We can see it in Acts 11. If you want to go look later, Acts 11:28 28 and 29, verses 28 and 29, give us sort of the context, immediate context here. And what we see is because of a famine in the land, there was great poverty there in the church of Jerusalem. James would have been very familiar with this, and he saw the lowly status and state of many of his brothers and sisters in Christ. He is not writing to poor people in a hypothetical way. He's not writing to people who may have heard about suffering. He's writing to people who are in the midst of suffering. People who need to hear this word that God will still exalt them and bless them. The rich are also told, here we see, to think about humiliation. Now all that means is is just being humble. Humble to consider that if you have been given some resources, and if we think about it from a vertical perspective, if our hearts, if my heart and your heart, regardless of the difference in our incomes, regardless of the difference in our resources, if our hearts are both in love with Jesus, spiritually, we are equally rich. And so there's no reason in the church to be worried about poor or rich or to, or to look at people and say, well, I'm envious of this or envious of that. There's no reason for any of us to be envious of one another if we have Christ. It doesn't get any better than Christ. And you can be filled with the Spirit of Christ if that is your choice. The rich need to know, and we all need to know, that there's nothing we can take beyond this world. You can have a gold-plated coffin and it's not going to do you any good. We, We don't need to focus on those kinds of things. We need to be thinking of spiritual things. We need to think about the vertical perspective and trusting that God has got an amazing, amazing plan for each of us. The poor man of faith is lifted up by Jesus to see spiritual riches. And the rich man of faith humbles himself and gives his resources away to those who are hurting. And this is what helps him or her to see spiritual riches. These are powerful truths. Listen to what Paul says. He says in 1 Corinthians 2.2, For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. It doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank account. When you're saying that, then Christ is all. And it is not how much you have. It's what you're doing with what you have, church. Each one of you, don't worry about how many numbers are in the bank account, but ask yourself how much of your resources are pouring into kingdom endeavors. You see, money isn't the problem. But our perspective on money is where the problem arises Human pride is always the problem, and it can happen with the rich or with the poor. Let me say this to you. God's grace is what will exalt you. If you want to be a person that shines in the darkness, then allow the grace of God to illuminate your life. Don't, don't think that there are any clothes or, or any material trappings that can make people see that you've arrived. What people are looking for is the joy of the Lord in your face. The happiness that the gospel brings in our countenance. It just... Uh, Rich, I, I appreciate what you said earlier. We've been talking about this. I mean... It just drives me nuts that in a world that's so depressing and morose and downtrodden all the time, we come to church and, we, and, and we're just kind of like, ho-hum, listen, we need to come here and get hallelujah uh, flowing from our mouths, our hearts. We need this place to be a place of joy because when you go out from here and go have lunch and you're talking to that waitress and you've been in church all day and it looks like your dog died, that's not a good witness. That's nowhere near spectacular. Uh We need to be more spectacular. And again, we need to have perspective. We need to have focus. Now, let me say this. Good stewardship that I'm going to be talking about here flows from sound theology. What you know of God should inform how you invest for God. There is never a wasted moment when we're here learning more deeply God's word, because the more we learn about God, the more we will learn about generosity. For he gave his only begotten son for us. We will never outgive God, he's always pushing us to give more, but we have to have a kingdom perspective. We have to come together as, as a church. Now, each one of you contributing your gifts, your resources, that's absolutely important. But we come together as the body of Christ because we can multiply the effect, the impact on lostness when we cooperate together. We don't have time to argue about the small things, friends, when there are lost people in the world that need Jesus. The gospel is being preached here. We have men and women filled with the Spirit that are taking the gospel around the world. We need to invest everything in that. Heavenly things. Because as we're learning on Wednesday night, Jesus is coming again. We believe that. So we want to maximize our money. We want to maximize our efforts also, more and more people can come to know Jesus and be saved by his amazing grace. What amazing perspective. But now let's talk for just a few moments about purpose. And the question is, is your witness spoiled or spectacular? When I first read this text, I thought maybe the title would be uh, trying to avoid you know, the spoiled witness. Because if you look here at verse 9b, uh, actually, 10b through 11, you kind of see that, that picture of withering and fading and perishing. But here's the thing. We get that negative image because God is wanting us to go away from the negative image and to embrace something that's living and full of life. The church has purpose. And that purpose is not to just live and die and go away. But we want to have Something as a church, and each of you as individuals that contributes to eternity. Purpose is the difference maker in every person's destiny. And I'm going to ask you this morning to deeply consider what your purpose is. If you are not actively seeking your purpose, then you will not actively experience kingdom work in your life. You are going to be less than what you could be if you don't find your purpose. We need a spectacular life. Each one of us, if our lives are aimed at heaven, again, if our perspective is vertical, if we're thinking about what God could do through us, then what we're able to do is have lives that have impact far beyond just the work we can do with our hands, Christians, listen to me, we can build things, we can do things, we can have programs, we can have ministries, but what we need most of all is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because in terms of war, when you have five warriors filled with the Spirit, they can make a hundred run and flee in fear. Think about that in terms of Christianity. If we would just start taking that for real, even a church like ours with just maybe a few thousand souls, think of the tens of thousands of people that we could win for Jesus if we were filled with the Spirit. Imagine if that was our purpose. We're not going to get caught up in victimhood or vanity, poor or rich. We're going to say, Lord, take this time you've given me and let me make it count. Everything in this world is in danger of spoiling. You know, we have refrigerators and freezers to keep our food from spoiling too quickly. And we think about everything we have, our our, our money, the energy even in our lives. If we're not careful, that energy is always dissipating. If horizontal living is all we have, then our purposes ultimately are in vain. Your witness is spoiled if it's too horizontal. So what we have to do is ask God to lift us up, to give us energy that is eternal and never in vain. This morning, ask God to give you an eternal vision so that you can experience some eternal purpose. The words of verse 11 stress outward beauty's transitory nature. And I I want you to realize that this is the problem today. If our pursuits are that of the rest of the world, what most people who have some resources do, they they do things that are misguided and lead to that which fades away. Now, my wife and my daughter are big fans of the, the books and of Green Gables. Anybody like that? I have not read them. Um, so I don't want you to think that I have, but in, it, it's okay if I have, but I just, I'm trying to be honest, okay? All right? Yeah. So in one of the books, I'm told, Anne of Ingleside, there's a conversation between Anne and Miss Cornelia. I want you to hear this. It's so powerful. Miss Cornelia says, I'm partial to poppies, though they don't last long. Anne admits... Yeah, they only have a day to live, but how imperially, how gorgeous they live it. Now I want to tell you, from time to time when we say goodbye to a believer that's made a difference, there is truly nothing but joy because we know that even though that life may have been short, it was glorious for God. And I think if we allow the enemy to continue to tell us that that what we're doing right now is enough, if we allow ourselves to be in pause, in neutral, not moving forward, friends, we are not going to have a, a beautiful, kingly, imperial kind of lives. You know, I think too often we're worried about how many days we have to live when we should be asking, am I making the most of every day God gives me? We're all going to perish. We're all going to die. But we can go out in a blaze of glory when we're filled with the glory of Jesus. And the world today, we talk about revival, but will we burn out for Him? Will we allow the flame to grow bright in our lives and let that be the focus of everything we do? Throughout human history, there have been those who've wanted to make a difference in the world. The Greeks sought fame. That would outlive their lifespan. That was Achilles. That was his Achilles heel. It wasn't the Achilles heel. What his Achilles heel was, he chose fame over life and died young. But the wrong kind of fame. The Romans sought glory. And Julius Caesar was the ultimate expression of that. Modern American billionaires want to be known for their altruism and their gifts to universities and political causes. Bill Gates and Mark Zuckerberg people like that when we start talking about these great names many of us feel like well i'll never have that kind of notoriety and it's probably best that you don't who knows your name who knows my name does it matter what about this what if nobody in this world knows your name but the angels do What if nobody knows your name in this world, but the devil knows? Because you are making a difference for the kingdom of God. Friends, quit worrying about how people view you, your image, your identity. Many of us have allowed our image and our identity to be formed and formulated by things of this world. But your image and your identity must be in Christ. You will not have a spectacular witness if it's about you. We will not have a spectacular witness if it's about Ridgecrest. But we will have a spectacular witness when it's all about Jesus. All right. Perspective. Purpose. Jesus' name is the name above every name. And we must make sure whether rich or poor, we are doing all things for Christ. Do not feed your lust in the flesh. Do not give in to your passions for material things. May the Holy Spirit give you 2020 vision that you may see through the facade that is wealth. We must take the great resources that God has given us, church, and utilize them for the kingdom of God. But will we be brave enough, bold enough to pursue something spectacular for God? What I alluded to earlier in getting rid of our debt, that's a, that's a practical consideration. That's a very horizontal consideration. But the reason I think it's important for us to do it is because, church, we have a vertical commission. We have a purpose as a body of believers to change the world, to push back the darkness. Those who are most victimized, those who are being chewed up and spit up by this old world, we have something they need. And that's our purpose. We want to do spectacular things for our neighbors and the nations. We must pursue with purpose. I think that James had Jesus on his mind when he wrote these three verses. I want you to turn with me if you will. It will be on the screen for you if you like. But Luke chapter 12. I believe with all my heart these are the words of Jesus that were echoing in James' mind as he wrote These three verses we found in the epistle of James. Someone in the crowd, in verse 13, said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or arbiter over you? And he said to them, Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, uh, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Now I want to tell you something about this passage. It's it misses us, it misses our hearts. But we need to remember that the first people who would have heard Jesus say this and those who would have been the early recipients and readers of Luke's gospel were people who were marginalized and very lowly and poor socioeconomically. And when Jesus tells this parable about a man who has so much that he has to build more barns, so much excess that he can't contain it all with what he has, every single person in the crowd would have been saying, that's not fair. He should share his abundance when people are starving. That's what they would have been thinking. Now, I want us to bring it into the context of what James is telling us. The perspective here of the rich man is, I have much, verses 17 and 18. And that should cause him to have a purpose to make a difference all around him. A difference that could have a vertical component. But notice his perspective. His perspective doesn't go that direction. It stays horizontal about building buildings. Therefore, his purpose is to indulge in selfishness. See verse 19? He indulges in selfishness. What's the result? Death and the dissolution of all that he had accrued. I'm going to say this to each of you today. God is wanting your life to be spectacular. But it's not going to be spectacular if we don't start looking up to get the vertical perspective. Without the vertical perspective, we will not have the kingdom purpose. It's time, church, to have kingdom purpose. Where this lands on each one of you will be a different place. Because each of us are in a different place in our journey. Ultimately, let me say this to you. The most important perspective you need to know is that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. Amen? Amen. We know that all purpose begins there. And until you receive Christ in your heart, you will not have the purpose that you need. So come and receive him. But many of you have received Christ. You have an eternal perspective but your purpose is lagging. You've not been where you need to be, and now it's time to get there. What's your witness? Has it been spoiled by sin and selfishness? Or is it time for it to be spectacular by the power of the Holy Spirit? Let's pray and ask God to do that. Thanks for listening. For additional resources, to learn more about us or get connected, visit RidgecrestBaptist.org.